that Joe Biden would be not so good. But few could have imagined that he would be such a disaster for this country, what they've done. Inflation is the worst it's been in 40 years. Gas prices are up 50%. The grocery shelves, the department store shelves, they're empty. You had an excuse not to buy Christmas gifts. You say to your loved one, darling, I'm sorry, I love you. I just can't. There's no merchandise in Tiffany. There's no, I wanted to buy the most beautiful ring, but they don't have any rings anymore. Nobody has any. Show AM 950, 94.9 FM, The Answer Orlando. Matt Buff, your host here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Great to have you rolling along with us on this brand new week. Monday, 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 and it's Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And we go to the Gateway Pundit, right, where Jim Hoff wrote an article, said, have you hope, you know, I hope you enjoy Martin Luther King Jr. Day today. Grand Old Partisan reminds us today that of Dr. Martin Luther King's Jr. meeting with Vice President Richard Nixon in 1957. They actually met on Capitol Hill for a discussion of ways to overcome Democrat opposition to the Republican civil rights agenda. That's something you won't hear about today from the liberal media. <laughs> in fact, if you don't want the government to take over your elections, you're somehow a racist. It's about voting rights. When Dr. King was talking about voting rights, he was talking about people having the right to vote. Everybody has the right to vote in this country as long as you're a legal citizen of the United States. Or if you live in New York, you don't have to be necessarily a legal citizen of the United States. All right. The civil rights movement during his day was led by Republicans. When the Civil War ended, and after Republican President Abraham Lincoln liberated the slaves, Democrats initiated Jim Crow laws to punish blacks. Democrats discriminated against blacks. In fact, the KKK was founded as the terrorist wing of the Democrat Party. The Ku Klux Klan assassinated many Republicans, including Republican Representative James N. Hines of Little Rock. Hines represented Arkansas in the United States Congress from June 24th, 1868 through October 22nd, 1868. The last KKK official to serve in Washington, D.C. was former Senator Robert Byrd. A KKKKK legal legal, Byrd was a Democrat and very close friend of one Joe Biden. The funny thing about Dr. Martin Luther King Day is how the Democrats treat it. Like, remember Biden's angry speech that he gave in Georgia about voting rights. And if you don't like, if you're not on the side of Dr. King, you're on the side of Bull Connor. The interesting thing is Dr. King fought against those same Democrats that Joe Biden was friends with, like Robert Burke. Dr. King fight for the rights of all people, not just black people, a nation that doesn't see color, but content of character. Now we have people in powerful positions based on color, not content of character, i.e. Kamala Harris and Barack Hussein Obama. Yes, Barack Hussein Obama is still running the show. Visit thebuffshow.com for past interviews, show information, and much more. 
Turn in your Second Amendment questions to info at thebuffshow.com. Make sure to get those in. Every first Thursday of every month, starting in February, Alex from Veritas Tactical will be here to answer your Second Amendment questions, which will be coming under attack again soon now that the Democrats have failed at Build Back Never and also failed at taking over the federal elections and putting a drop box for ballots on every corner. They're going to start focusing on your guns again. Get your questions in to info at thebuffshow.com. We had a former leader named President Donald Trump give a first rally of 2022 in Arizona. That was pretty cool stuff. Raucous crowd. I'm still on the fence on where I stand with Donald Trump. I'm really upset about turning over that much power to Fauci and everything he did in 2020 with lockdowns and supporting masks and mandates, and it just was devastating to our economy. It was not constitutional from day one. Turns out most people from the very beginning have been completely fine from the China virus, but he still hawks it as, I saved millions and millions of lives by closing the border to China and all this other stuff. Got my issues with Donald Trump. That said, the first three years of his presidency was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the lower taxes, the job creation, the opportunity zones, the energy independence, everything from opening Keystone right away to just doing all the things he can to keep China off our backs with the tariffs opening up trade, creating deals the in, in uh, the Abraham Accords in Israel, creating peace between Israel and its enemies. For three years of complete peace until China unleashed a bioweapon. <laughs> and he, he and everybody else fell for it. He did listen to Fauci. He listened to the wrong people. And we went completely hysterical in America. And it just, story after story, was hysterics, and we still have that same hysterical behavior today. It's just unbelievable, especially when you have a tennis star getting kicked out of Australia. Perfectly healthy guy just because he won't get the vaccine. That's, vaccine's more of a therapeutic. You know, if you can still transmit a virus or still get a virus and still be hospitalized for a violet, it's more of a therapeutic, maybe a preventative, kind of like the flu shot. You still get the flu shot with the flu. But there are other things out there that have been total cures, like uh, remdesivir and ivermectin and zinc and steroids and a cocktail of options that really have made people feel better and give them natural immunity. But I digress into a world of insanity when it comes to masks and mandates and all this other stuff. We're very pleased that the Supreme Court shot down the mandate on businesses. I mean, how unconstitutional was that? That's an impeachable offense, the fact that Biden signed that order. But still, Justice Kavanaugh helped the, the liberal side of the Supreme Court uphold the mandates for healthcare workers, which is unbelievable because those are the people we actually want to hear from. We want to hear from doctors that actually treat COVID-19 patients, China virus patients. We'd love to hear from those guys. It would be awesome. Instead, we're going to fire the non-vaccinated, but I just want to hear from an unvaccinated healthcare worker, a doctor, a nurse, and find out why they chose to be unvaccinated. Why do they feel that a mandate wasn't necessary? They got fired. We've had a couple on the show over the last year 
But I'm telling you, I want to hear from those people. I don't want tent Twitter to block them on social media, Facebook and Twitter, with their big tech campaigns to get rid of opposition voice, voices to the all-holy Dr. Fauci. I want to hear from the thousands of healthcare workers that lost their jobs. And we want to get, we should have press conferences on them. Where are you at, Fox News, with bringing those people on, huh? You think Dr. Martin Luther King would love all the censorship, the government takeover of elections? The Marxist Black Lives Matter organization? You think he would support that rhetoric? The Dear White People show on Netflix, where it's disparaging to anybody who's not them? Do you think that is a conducive message? Do you think this whole, what would he say on this whole mask mandate thing in schools for kids? Let them breathe, I bet he would say. We'll never know, but happy Dr. Martin Luther King Day. It was great to see Trump's speech in Arizona. A couple highlights for you. The crowd not too happy with Dr. Anthony Fauci. Biden's made him the big, the big person. He's like the king. Fauci's the king. Uh, Yeah, lock him up, the crowd says. Uh, they've had enough of Fauci. Trump let it go, but maybe should have fired Fauci late in 2020 where they were having all the issues of is he lying or is he lying or he's like, you know, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to fire you. Of course, Biden brought him back, would have brought him back, even if he fired him after the steal, the steal. Biden brought him back and uh, made him. Lord of Wuhan. That's a new czar in the White House. Lord of Wuhan. But the Biden regime is in a free fall of disaster. And yes, they they all say it was a tough week last week for Joe Biden. Tough week for Biden. A tough week for the Biden regime is a great day for America. All right. President Trump dived into some of the failures of the Biden administration. So we all knew that Joe Biden would be not so good. But few could have imagined that he would be such a disaster for this country, what they've done. Inflation is the worst it's been in 40 years. Gas prices are up 50%. The grocery shelves, the department store shelves, they're empty. You had an excuse not to buy Christmas gifts. You say to your loved one, darling, I'm sorry, I love you very much, but I just can't. There's no merchandise in Tiffany. There's no, I wanted to buy the most beautiful ring, but they don't have any rings anymore. Nobody has anything. We never even heard the term supply change. You know, if you talk, supply chain is not something that we even talked about, and that's what happened. And it's a very sad thing. The streets of the Democrat run cities are drenched in blood with record high murders and drug deals and human trafficking. There are four times more COVID cases. Remember, I'm going to get rid of COVID. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, it's amazing when you look at the crime in this country and the DAs, George Soros funded DAs and liberal group funded DAs that are there to let them out. Just let out the criminals. But if you see anyone from January 6th, you put them in a dark, deep, dark hole. But just let out the criminals. 
but he talks about the supply chain. People in South Bend trying to warn us. They said, hey, Pete Buttigieg will destroy everything. Don't listen to him. He can't even fix a pothole here. And now he's in charge of transportation. And now we finally have heard, like Trump said, nobody talked about supply chain. Now we have massive supply chain in, uh, issues going on in America. Time to wake up, people. Time to get it back. Sign up for the newsletter that just went out on thebuffshow.com. Sign up for that newsletter. The last one was called Red Wave Rising. Great articles from David Pollack, not just politics on the Buff Show. Check out all the articles. Check out all the interviews. We have a country that we got to get back on track. Stop living in fear. We'll be right back on the Buff Show. You stay with us. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. Happy hour every day of the week and all day Sunday. Dollar off drafts and house wines, $2 off well liquors. And Liam Fitzpatrick's has tons of special events. Tonight it's Trivia Night. Tuesday's Half Pound Burgers, just 5 bucks. Liam Fitzpatrick's does catering and has a private room for your meetings and parties. Mention the Buff Show. Get 10% off your order. Liam Fitzpatrick's Restaurant and Irish Pub in Lake Mary. LiamFitzpatrick's.com. Get ready to take down a phone number and website address. Everybody's talking about solar, specifically about solar electricity, and there are a lot of bold claims being made about it. Maybe someone told you that a one-size-fits-all solar system will work for you. You can go off the grid. You can create a power plant on your roof and retire from selling the extra energy back to your power company. Or maybe you saw the TikTok claiming the government's giving away free solar. The list goes on. All Solar is committed to working with homeowners directly to offer them a dose of reality. All Solar Energy has been providing Floridians with solar pool heat, solar electric, and other energy reduction products since 1999. In addition to homeowners, All Solar is the number one choice for roofing companies, property management firms, national sales teams, and even other solar companies. To learn what's really possible and if solar will even work for you, call them or go to their website and request a free energy evaluation. Spend some time with an expert and get all your questions answered about your specific energy saving needs. Learn about how you can reduce your electric bill before you consider solar. Make a fully informed decision so you don't have regrets down the road. What do you have to lose? Here's their number 866-412-4218 and the website www.allsolarenergy.com Welcome back to the Buff Show AM 950 94.9 FM The Answer Orlando Matt Buff your host here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio Great to have you guys rolling along with us We're going to go to Heather Dugan A good friend of the show Welcome back Heather Great to have you Thank you uh, Thank you Matt It's good to be here Well happy new year to you And Heather Right Yeah and Heather's a relationship expert And award winning author of books Including The Friendship Upgrade And Date Like a Grown Up And Everyone's kind of ready to reset, right? And start 22 afresh. Is that right, right. Heather? <laughs> I think that's right. 2020 and 2021 lived like one long extended year. Yes. And now we have hope again to do things in a new way. And I think a lot of people have had more than enough time to kind of assess where their relationships are and what their hopes are in this new space ahead of us. Well, let's talk about that hope because a lot of people are looking at empty shelves or looking at high prices for everything. Right. And it's just uh, pretty divisive in the country right now. So talk about some of the areas where you see hope. 
Well, you know, I think a lot of it, we have to get better at kind of setting our own shock absorbers, you know, emotionally speaking, uh, do some some uh, preset resets for ourselves. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, as we're able to interact a little more and have conversations, we see maybe we at least agree on a few bottom line things like, uh, you know, kind of the basics. We all kind of, we care about the people that we love, right? We just care for them in different ways. So I think those are the the points at which we have to intersect first. But uh, yeah, the more you can set some things ahead of yourself so that you don't spin off into the bad places, it's just a really good idea because we know we're not going to go along here without a few more bumps. I think we've gotten, we've gotten the understanding that they're kind of part of the roadway right now. Yeah, let's talk about, you're exactly right. Let's talk about your book, Date Like a Grown-Up specifically. Now, you were part of our Christmas book tour, and that was very well received. And that's why we're having you back, too, because you're a great person to talk to. Shedding light on a dark age is a pretty good thing. And when you talk about date like a grown-up, talk about the healthiness of relationships. Right, right. You know, I think as our worlds have kind of dialed down and we've lost a little bit of the broader perspective we all enjoyed, be if it's not on the internet, in front of us, we kind of don't have access as much, but it's put a lot more pressure on the relationships we do have. And that's not fair, to be honest. Uh, relationships aren't meant to be the end all one thing in our lives. Uh, and it's up to us to kind of give a little more space within those. You know, people that are feeling like uh, they're not as connected to their spouse or partner, I think it's a good idea to take a look at, you know, is it a lack of time or has it become a lack of quality time? Because we are not so good at creating creating the space for uh, really meaningful conversations when we have so many distractions at our disposal. Uh, you know, you can't program a meaningful conversation. You can only create the conditions within that can, which that can develop. And that means, you know, setting aside some dedicated space and then really making a concerted effort for on both sides to kind of cut out the distractions. That means you're not competing with the rest of the world on somebody else's cell phone at the moment, right? So those are that's right there is a good place to start. That is a good place to start. When people are working from home together, and a lot of that's been happening, and, and a lot of businesses have found a way to keep that going, so a lot of people are working at home. You're saying carve out some time when you're not mm -hmm. working, put away all the electronic devices and just talk to each other. It, you know, it doesn't have to be a long period of time. And a lot of times people think they've checked that box because, hey, they went over the grocery list just before they went to the market, right? <laughs> you know, we had a conversation there. We connected really deeply on what kind of meat to buy if it's there in the store this day. But, um, you know, you need to do some, yet, some questions that go beyond the yes, no. And, you know, dive a the way you would have maybe when you first met. And I know that sounds so, uh, it can begin to sound trivial, but it is so important important to really, you know, our, one of our big needs is that close confidant relationship. And that means they know our deepest feelings. We give access to that and we're able to share that and find that within them. And that goes deeper. That means asking things like, you know, what are you looking forward to this year? How, what can we do to make this a little better for both of, both of us? Cause this has been a challenging space. It has been a challenging space. And when you talk about it, it, it makes me sound, it makes me think of like speed dating. You're speed dating with your spouse. 
just quick get to know you stuff again. Hey, you know, we've been working so hard or doing this with the kids. What's going on in your world that isn't work related? Yeah, you know, and and then making making, you know, an effort to bring in some things that aren't work related cuz we get, you know, your our energy's a little low, stamina's low and it takes effort to kind of ramp it on up again. But yeah, you know, maybe, you know, you you go a little deeper into some topics that you've da- danced over or uh, you know, a family that's going through something, maybe talk about how together you might be able to do something to make their lives a little easier. That's a good way to bond if you're together helping somebody else solve a situation. Uh, But yeah, you know, if you have to resort to writing little things on a jar and, and I mean, on a piece of paper and putting it in a jar, that is absolutely fine. You know, you can either pull out old memories that were, you know, maybe write down things that were meaningful to you that you each remember and then talk about why that was important. And that can maybe be a spark to finding space to create that again in this time. When, when people are dating, it's a little different today, dating, because it's a <laughs> lot of uh, apps and how do you get through the filters and to, to really get to know somebody when it comes to uh, dating on an app? <laughs> you know, very good question, Matt. And believe me, people come at it a lot of different ways. People have a lot of different reasons for going on dating apps and dating websites. And it's really important you be aware first of your own reasons for being there. And then also be alert to what other people are communicating to you. That's your first filter. You need to begin with yourself. You know, what is my real goal here? If I am looking for a long-term partner, you know, you, you will look at people a little differently if you're honest about what that really looks like in a person. And then, you know, if somebody, you know, is not geographically accessible, if they're at a different stage of life, you know, it can be difficult for people that have grown kids and really young kids to connect in life because they're moving in a lot of different directions. I'm not saying it's impossible, but that's definitely something to look at. It's a lifestyle. You want your lifestyles to be at least parallel to one another. And then, of course, those big core values. Uh, If somebody is really into sitting and watching all the games and somebody else is really into going out and playing them, that may, again, not be a great, you know, somebody values physical fitness on a different level or if there's a spiritual difference that's important to both parties. You know, a lot of times we want something so badly And if we've been going through a time where we haven't had it, we have that need kind of on hyper alert, you know, there's a tendency sometimes to throw all your hopes and dreams on the closest person that looks similar to what you're looking for. And then that that creates only disappointment. So let them show you who they are as you get to, to know each other. Are you saying so as you become maybe a little more desperate, the standards also get lowered, which leads to bad relationships? It it's <laughs> leads to a rinse and repeat because you get disappointed and then you're more dis- desperate. You know, it, it, it's sad to see it. And a lot of times just that little pause to really assess and reset can make all the difference. And I, and I need to tell you, Matt, I, kind of, I wrote Date Like a Grown-Up, but I've been working on a workbook right now that I'm really excited about because I think it will get into some of these little tangible steps that really make a big difference for us um, because that's where we really, you know, it, it, you got to understand the big picture, but you have to understand how that big picture lives in your particular life as well in order to make a difference in it. This At, at this rate, kids... Uh, a lot of people aren't having children right now. Mm. Um, the, the children birth rate is way down in America. We've had guests on the show that talk about how that's a problem. We need to cultivate a future generation. 
Why are kids important to a, a good, healthy relationship? Well, I think, and I won't say make a blanket statement on this because I know many couples that have done great in terms of creating an alternate focus that really uh, helps them both to grow together. And I think that's, that is the, the, some of the key part right there. The idea that you have an alternate focus to just each other because that will, you know, you, you suck out the air out of that real quick. If it's just the two of you, you know, you need more oxygen in the bubble. And I think having a larger focus like kids, you know, we get a lot of it. Those of us that are parents get a lot of ongoing enjoyment out of watching you know, the interactions between them and us and through the other parent and ourselves. And you develop, you know, there's a bigger perspective to life and a bigger purpose to life. Um, I think that is a, a big way that, that and, and then children, of course, can fulfill and I hate to use fulfill in too heavy of a sense, but they can continue some of the things that we begin. So, you know, there is a, there are so many bigger layers to that, but I think that is a big way that uh, children can enhance a relationship. Of course, we all know that as well, they can add a lot of additional stress as well. That just goes with the game. But learning to manage all that is, is a, you know, if you can do that, it sure is a rich life. When you have three children at home for two and a half weeks for Christmas break, <laughs> it, the stress level can go up. That's why you try to find activities to do outside of the mm -hmm. home. Right. 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 Yeah. It's, you know, we can't expect one another to, you know, be our sole entertainment. You know, that's not our function for one another. But, you know, we, we if you can look in, uh, for the interests that others have and look for ways that you can share them with them or that you can help them further those in a productive way, that's a real positive. You know, if you have a kid that's, uh, you know, perhaps really interested in art, maybe, you know, and you're the, the, the four walls are closing in. You find a sculpture garden or something that you can can walk around and make stories up about, you know, the things that you're seeing or something. But yeah, I uh, there's so many games you can create just to kind of keep your kids involved and to make life a little more engaging. I was kind of a master of that when my kids were young. Don't ask me about what we did in shopping malls. It was, <laughs> you know, anything to keep life exciting. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love your take and perspective on all of these things we talked about, because sometimes it's just finding the little things to make things better. Even in despair, we can find a little hope and a little ray in each other. That's a good thing. Right. Yes, yes. And, and you know, the more that you can kind of set some things for yourself ahead of time. You know, we know that there will be some tough times ahead. And I advise kind of setting those resets in your own mind, what will I do when I feel like this? So you know there's going to be a moment you feel bored. There's going to be a moment you might feel a little despairing as things continue. Decide what works for you. What are options that you could go to that aren't going to take you in a spiral down where, you know, life just gets miserable? So, you know, if you're bored, you know, maybe there's, a, you know, something that you've been meaning to do uh, creatively or uh, functionally that is going to make your life a little better. Maybe you're a great organizer. And, you know, when I get bored or when I get sad, the first thing I'm going to do, I'm going to go organize a drawer and then I will look at it again. And at least at the end of that, you'll know that, you know, I did something good. Give yourself some victories, I guess is what I'm saying, some wins within your life so that you can go to those functions when you when you have the bad feelings kind of creeping in. And then take a look at what the feelings are. 
Because a lot of times we let them swirl over our shoulder and they all kind of merge together into this big black cloud when we do so much better if we can just pull out the elements and look at them one by one. Then they're manageable. That is fantastic. Heather Dugan, relationship expert, award-winning author. Check out The Friendship Upgrade, Date Like a Grown-Up, all the other books. Thank you so much, Heather, for your wonderful insight today on The Buff Show. Thank you, Matt. Have a good rest of uh, January and uh, same to your listeners. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. You guys stay with us. Okay, Heather, we got it. Awesome. Thank you, Matt. Appreciate it. It was fun talking with you again. It is. We'll do it again, and you have a great rest of the week here. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Since 2012, Cellular Tronics has been providing Central Florida with the best phone repair and electronics repair. We fix all electronics from iPhone, Samsung, Sony, and many more. We also do TV repair and fix your tablets. Right now, you can get a glass back cover for the iPhone 8 to an iPhone X for only $95. iPhone 11 and up, back covers are only $120. We have two locations to serve you in Sanford and DeBerry. Visit Cellulartronics.com or call 407-302-3396. That's Cellulartronics.com or 407-302-3396. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning is the official pressure washing company of The Buff Show. While Matt's doing the dirty work on the show, Action Plus Pressure Washing has been doing the dirty work for the last 15 years in Central Florida. They use a soft wash system to clean pool enclosures, driveways, pool decks, houses, and commercial property. They even clean large and small parking lots and buildings. Wow! Action Plus offers other services such as lawn maintenance, one-time service to weekly service, mowing, weeding, edging, and trimming, and hauling away debris. You can get more than one service, and they offer bundle pricing. Check out their weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly services for lawn maintenance and ask about their free stand Standard two driveway with house wash services. Family owned and operated. Get your free estimate at actionpluspressurecleaning.com or call 386-506-1048. That's 386-506-1048. Action Plus Pressure Cleaning. They aim to please. Welcome back to the Buff Show AM 950 FM 94.9. The Answer Orlando. Great to have you guys rolling along with us. Matt Buff, your host in the easy chair right here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Make sure you send all your two-way questions into the info at thebuffshow.com. On fe- the first Thursday in February, we're going to have Alex from Veritas answering those questions. But there's a lot of other questions going on, which is just unbelievable when it comes to the Biden agenda and what's going on with the 3 million jobs lost due to employer closures or lost businesses. We have an all-time high 4.5 million people quit their job in November. And then the U.S. economy just added a dismal 199,000 jobs in December. Those are people just going back to work. Nobody better to talk about this than Mark Mix joining us on the show, president of the National Rights to Work Committee, which is a 2.8 million member public policy organization. He also serves as president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Mark, welcome back to The Buff Show. Matt, good to be on with you. And uh, as the new year passes, lots of news to talk about for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Give your website where people right up at the top can find you. Yeah, they can find us at nrtwc.org. That's the National Right to Work Committee, where there's information about legislation, not only in Congress here in Washington, but across the country in your state legislatures as they start to gear up again, introduce new bills and new statutes and new regulations that will have an impact on you. So you can find information about that there. 
they, at the foundation, our Legal Defense Foundation, nrtw.org, you can find out answers to questions or talk to an attorney about your rights in your workplace and vis-a-vis -vis unions. The foundation represents employees for free, and you can find information about that at nrtw.org. Okay, very good. And we'll post those links everywhere on thebuffshow.com slash Mark Mix too, everybody. So make sure to check that out. Mark, I tell you what, when the Build Back Never thing finally went down in flames, that was a power grab for the unions. A lot of people don't realize that. And the Democrats, as long as they hold power, they're going to fight to make this a unionized country as much as they possibly can. Yeah, that's right. You know, Matt, we called it the Build Back Big Labor Bill because there was so much in there that was going to go not to rank and file workers and help them, but to union officials and give them dramatic new powers over workers so they can force more workers into unions. I think I've heard you say this before. It's kind of this vicious cycle. You know, the government grants these mo this money, sends it out. It goes to the union officials. They use it to elect more politicians that give them more, uh, more power. It's this vicious spiral. And in that so-called Build Back Big Labor Bill, one of the major provisions in there was just the fact that anything that was going to be built, any infrastructure, anything that was going to be built from that bill was going to be done with union labor because they were going to use prevailing wages and Davis-Bacon. And we know that when you favor them, when basically only about 13% of the construction industry is unionized, you're basically saying we're willing to increase the cost from 10 to 30% to do anything with federal money in it. And that's really inflationary and it hurts taxpayers, it hurts citizens, and it hurts non-union workers across America as well. And, you know, this president keeps saying he'll be the, the, the strongest pro-union president or union president in the country. What he really means is he's going to favor union officials over rank and file workers. Yeah, he's made no bones about that. I mean, that's one thing he does speak clearly on. <laughs> when it comes to everything else, it's a little muffled. But I tell you what, when he talks about unions, he talks about it like in an old-style American way. You know, the old 455 down the street at the coal mine. That's not what it is. We saw what happened with the teachers' union, which has got to be abolished. Uh, public Public sector unions are just getting more powerful under this regime, and that is what controls so many other entities in our society. That's what he's talking about. Yeah, exactly, Matt. And, and I, I appreciate you bringing that up because, you know, it used to be 5, 10, 15 years ago when you talked about schools and you talked about teachers unions. I mean, the vision that came into my head was my third grade teacher, Mrs. Baker. She was the nicest teacher I'd ever had in my life. I mean, first day of school, there was a full size candy bar on my desk. And boy, she won the hearts and minds of her students that first day. And we were behaving ourselves and obedient. And so when you talked about a teacher, I thought about Mrs. Baker, and I think most Americans do. They've got a favorable opinion of a teacher in their history. But now, with COVID, the last two years have exposed the dramatic power of not teachers, but teacher union officials. And so the American public has gotten a chance to see the type of power they've been granted over children, over taxpayers, over superintendents, over school boards, and frankly, over the CDC and the White House. When you think about you know, the recommendations to open up the schools again, they don't go to a scientist in Atlanta. They go to a union boss in New York City to say, hey, how should we open up schools again? So hopefully, hopefully this exposure will, will convince taxpayers like the moms in Loudoun County, Virginia here that got outraged over uh, what Terry McAuliffe said and said, hey, you know, you shouldn't, your parents shouldn't be involved in education. Hopefully this is a wake-up call for America. And Matt, you're right. I mean, the idea that we're unionizing government workers, you know, Franklin Roosevelt knew that was just unfathomable that you would do that. George Meany, the president of the AFL-CIO, you shouldn't do that. The executive council of the AFL-CIO, we can't organize government workers. It's not the same. But yet today in America, as we stand here and talk, 
There are more government union members in the United States of America than there are private sector union members. That's a problem we have to deal with. We have to deal with that and have to change. McAuliffe said that in Virginia might have cost him the election because when they tell their true feelings on the left, people get scared and see what happens. And there was also a referendum on the Biden regime, too. When Glenn Youngkin took his oath the other day and then goes out there and put some executive orders on, one of the first thing he did was go right to the unions, basically, and say, no more CRT and no more masking of kids unless the parents approve it. Those were direct attacks on union rules right there. And so when you vote, your vote can make a powerful difference in the freedom for your citizens as well as right to work. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. If, if, if there's no other takeaways from our show today, that's the one, is that we've got to be involved at the lowest level of government to the highest level of government. And the fact that we have a, you know, a turnout differential from a presidential year to an off-year election is really embarrassing. We should be as actively involved in the races that are coming up in 2022 as we would be in the presidential race in 2020 or 2024. I mean, we just can't let the left continue to control the levers of government. And frankly, Matt, you know this. I mean, Florida's a little better than some states, and your governor's been a little more outspoken on this than many governors. But when you give up and you concede the school board, or you concede the city council, or you concede the county commissioner, you concede, you know, state elections, you're really giving the power over to folks that are have this agenda that's really contrary to what most Americans believe. We've seen that with the school, with the teachers unions at the level of the school, you know, the school districts. Yeah, that 10 point that 10 point flip you talk about in Virginia was pretty massive and we're seeing it across the country in other smaller elections. So that gives us very big hope heading into 2022. We need good strong candidates that believe in the right to work, believe in the personal freedoms, the medical freedoms and all that. So I agree with you completely, Mark Mix, when you say that this election needs to be treated like a presidential election. Couldn't agree with you more. Yeah, it really does. And and I think, you know, as, as people look at the political landscape, and I think the left, the radical left looks at it and they think they're in trouble. Uh, we think that probably the wind's behind our back when it comes to the issue of forced unionism. And, and we think that 2022 should be a good year for individual freedom and workplace rights and those type of things. And even if it's not, you know, Matt, we've been through seasons of great harvest and we've been through seasons of great drought. And we've continued to fight for individual freedom. And I think that fight is growing, the intensity and the interest in a fight for individual freedom because of the mandates and this kind of top-down, push-down uh, government regulation we're seeing. And, and no place exposes that better than organized labor officials getting this power over rank-and-file workers. I mean, you talk about Joe Biden being the most pro-union president in history. Well, if you're an operating engineer or you're a welder or a pipe fitter on the Keystone Pipeline, uh, you wonder why your union endorsed him and spent your money to elect him when you're on the unemployment line today. Yeah, then they spent your money to elect him and then they fired you. Yeah. <laughs> and then they shut it down. Yeah. It's and then pro union we, it's pro union. I should go ahead, Mark, but it's pro union only as long as it fits their agenda going forward. Yeah, that's exactly right. And then you expand that out to the energy sector and you think about, you know, basically suspending leases for energy exploration. A lot of those jobs are union jobs too. And they're wondering what the heck happened with the, electing the most pro quote pro-union president in American history. He said the word union more than anyone else. We know that. How much does supply chain issues affect is affected by union overlords? Yeah, you know, that's a really interesting question. It's one, you know, notwithstanding this transportation secretary saying it's solved and, you know, Marty Walsh running around saying we saved Christmas and Jen, P excuse me, Jen Psaki saying they saved Christmas. You can Christmas. say Psaki, that's fine. <laughs> okay, I, I do, I do, and I, I, I shouldn't, but Jen Psaki. But yeah, you know, they, they say that they want it. 
Matt, there are more ships waiting to be unloaded in Long Beach and Los Angeles today than there has been at any time. There's 105 ships as of the 5th of January sitting out in that harbor or to try to cover it up. They push them out 50 miles out and make them still move so they're not quite at Anchorage so they don't count. The bottom line is this. The International Longshoremen and Warehouse Union out there is very powerful. They're in a year where they're going to contract, where they're in a contract negotiation. Every time we have a contract negotiation in these ports, and they control the 29 ports on the West Coast, including Long Beach and Los Angeles, where 40% of all the imports for the United States of America come through those two ports. On the East Coast, we have the International Longshoremen's Association. They control the 15 ports on the East Coast and in the Gulf of Mexico. And, you know, we've got a port there right now, Matt that basically the most the, the newest, most efficient port built in the United States is a port called the Hugh Leatherman Terminal in Charleston, South Carolina. I looked at the schedule today. There is not one ship in, in harbor, in anchor, being unloaded at the newest, most efficient port in America. And the reason is very simple. The union, the ILA, filed a lawsuit against two of the largest container shippers in America and said, if you go to that port and unload, we'll file a lawsuit against you, which they did, a $300 million lawsuit that's pending in New Jersey right now that basically is scaring everyone away from the newest, most efficient port in the United States during in the middle of what everyone recognizes as a supply chain crisis. That's the power of unions on the dock. See, I'm really glad you brought that up because a lot of people want to talk about it. They're confused by it. And like Trump said at his rally, nobody talked about supply chain before. And now so people are trying to figure it out. And I knew that there was an underbelly of union control uh, silencing this. Why are they doing this? Well, it's about power. I mean, when you're negotiating a contract, you want to make things as bad as you can because it forces the, the shippers and the port management to basically come your way in negotiations. And so we've seen a strike in 1971. I think it was there was a 100 day strike. We saw a strike in 2012 out there, job actions. I mean, it's about power. And, you know, it's about legislation, too. In California, uh, the so-called AB5, Assembly Bill 5 bill that passed back in 2018, I think it is, was designed to basically take away the status of independent contractors in the United States, well, in California. Now it's in the PRO Act, so they're trying to do it nationally now. But here's what it does. When we think about independent contractors in the debate over AB5, we were thinking Uber drivers, Lyft drivers, you know, gig employees, journalists, freelance journalists who were doing, you know, writing pieces for various platforms. But, you know, one of the real impacts was in the independent owner operator truck business. Basically, what they said is that if you're doing business at the port, if you're a truck driver servicing, you know, using the chassis to take the containers to the warehouse or to an intermodal head somewhere or into the economy, you had to be an employee of a motor carrier. You couldn't be an owner operator. So 70% of the work was being done by independent owner operators at the port in Los Angeles and Long Beach. And they said, you can no longer do work there. Now, Matt, don't be surprised and hold on to yourself now. Be careful because this may shock you, but you can't unionize independent owner operators, but you sure can unionize employees. So what it was, was a power grab for union officials to basically increase their ranks, get more dues money, compulsory force dues money to spend on politics, to give them more power, that vicious cycle, cycle that Matt Buff talks about. <laughs> that's right. Well, that's insane. And we got to do something about that. And that's what these midterms are for. That can help with that. That's a start. Mark Mix, can you stay with us for one more segment? We got to dive into this economic numbers. Absolutely. Glad to stay with you, Matt. All right. We're going to head into our last segment here with Mark Mix, president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. And of course, the National Right to Work Committee. We'll be right back on The Buff Show. Stay with us. 
Veritas Tactical. Tactical. A family and law enforcement owned company where you can get custom built ARs with purpose built precision. They have a full line of handguns like Glock, Six Hour, Smith & Wesson and get your everyday carry items and accessories. Moreover, they are your Liberty Safe dealer. Need training? Veritas Tactical has all you need from getting your CCW to advanced tactical courses, female survival courses, and force-on-force scenarios. Veritas Tactical has a full-time gunsmith on site, Sarah Coding Services, laser engraving, and more. Mention the Buff Show and get a $25 discount on courses. You'll find Veritas Tactical at 207 North Goldenrod Road, Suite 200 in Orlando. Contact Veritas Tactical, 407-309-3000. 407-309-3000 and at VeritasTactical.com Veritas Tactical. Tactical A boring website can make your company look really bad. (sighs) Poor rankings on Google, Yahoo, and Bing means your company does not exist to thousands of monthly searchers. I'm not even on the front page. Come out of hiding with JJC Marketing Solutions and get found to more and more new customers every day. At JJC Marketing Solutions, they offer state-of-the-art website creation, Google SEO, PPC campaigns, and social media marketing that makes your company stand out. No need to go with those national companies that only care about you on the first call. JJC Marketing is located right here in Sanford, and the goal is to help businesses like yours succeed. Get better results. Call 321-765-7710 or visit them at jjcmarketingsolutions.com. I'm somebody now! JJC Marketing Solutions. Welcome back to the Buff Show. Heading into our final segment, Matt Buff, Matt Buff with you here in the Liam Fitzpatrick studio. Great to be with you. We're going to go right back in our interview with Mark Mix. He is president of the National Right to Work Committee, 2.8 million member publicity policy organization. He also serves as the president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Mark, thank you for rolling along with us on the Buff Show. Got a question for you on what the talking points are when it comes to the Democrats' spin on the economy. They always come out with the unemployment rate number and the stock market. Let me ask you a question about the unemployment number. We look at all these jobs leaving the workforce or maybe going somewhere else. Where do they get the 3.5%? Yeah, Matt, you know, the the economic numbers, I mean, it's hard to believe anything now that comes out of this White House. You know, they talk about the lowest unemployment ever. But if you look at the workforce participation numbers, which really is a better indicator of where we are, we are still below where we were in January of 2020 as far as the number, the workforce participation. I mean, basically, they're not counting people that have given up or are not looking for work. And, you know, when you think about what's happened over the last two years, when you pay people more, more money to stay home than they can make on the job, you've really disincentivized work. And I know that a lot of those benefits have, quote unquote, gone away. But if you look at like Wisconsin or Michigan, I think it was, it came out with a story the other day. There was an audit there where $8 billion in unemployment fraud was discovered. I mean, 44 billion was discovered. I think 8 billion they got away with. I mean, the idea that the government's pumping all this money into the economy is giving people the chance to basically sit on the sidelines. You know, you can't go anywhere, whether it be Orlando or Paducah, Kentucky, and not see we are hiring signs at basically every single job site or business on Main Street across America. I mean, there's there's plenty of jobs out there. I think we're lacking something like 12 million. We're, we're looking for 12 million new employees out there and people just aren't doing it. And I think some of it has to do with the government intervention, their government finger on the scale as it relates to, you know, suspending rent payments and suspending, I think, what, student loan payments now have been forgiven for a bunch of people. There's been all kinds of stories about things like that. And the bottom line is the economy. It, look, my wife and I went to the grocery store over the weekend. I'm telling you the inflation 
is high and is beginning to be noticed by everybody. And you can't paper over that no matter how much, how smiley you are or how optimistic you are when you're on the teleprompter. Well, that's exactly right. And when they talk about wages, they say wages are up. But when you add the 7% inflation, that's the highest since 1982, those wages going up means absolutely nothing when you and your wife go to the grocery store. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And that 7% inflation number is kind of a protective instrument for government because, you know, their interest payments are predicated on what the interest rate is. Their Social Security payments are, you know, cost of living adjusted. So they have an incentive to keep the cap on inflation. But go to the gas pump. Gas prices are up, what, 45, 50%. You know, we went and got some ground beef the other day. We're not eating steak anymore, Matt. We're eating ground beef, you know, $19 <laughs> for a couple of pounds of ground beef. I yeah. mean, if you look at rents, rents are up 25%. Used cars are up 20%. Home mortgages are up. I mean, the inflation, I haven't seen a 7% number on basically anything except maybe a computer or a big screen TV has gone down in price. But otherwise, the stuff that you and I need to live day in and day out, the prices have gone up astronomically. Oh, that's just what we need. More TVs out there so people are in shape. That's a that's a great thing. But no, it's it's unbelievable. And back to the previous segment when you when we talked about the bare shelves, even in states like we have in Florida with ports and states with ports, we're starting to see bare shelves down here and it's worse in some areas. And when when we talk about these economic numbers and they try to spin it with wages and low unemployment rate it's just it's just a spin job because Americans, like you said, they're feeling this every single time they go out and buy something. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You know, and if you watch if you watch Jen Psaki at her press conference, you know, the, the sign right behind her back says the White House. And every once in a while she'll move her head just enough so it says the whitewashing. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 there's irony there, uh, you know, it's no, no conspiracy. You can watch it and you'll see it whitewashing. And that's what it is. I mean, from an economic standpoint, you know, and the supply chain matters that, that hurts too. You know, a lot of, a lot of shipping companies are now coming through the Panama canal. They're coming up to the East coast, going into the Gulf, whether it be Miami, Orlando, Wilmington, Savannah, Georgia, Charleston, South Carolina, New York city, New Jersey. But the cost of that additional two weeks of, of carriage time on those containers, who do you think pays that? So, you know, the supply chain blockade out on the West Coast, where a lot of the imports come in, is basically ca causing an increase. You know, and the Biden administration says they solve it by charging fees on containers that are left at a certain amount of time on the docks. Well, if the cost of, of maintaining or storing a container on the dock goes up, who do you think pays for that? We do. And so, you know, it's just a lack of economic literacy, if you will. Um, somehow, I guess if you're a big government person, you believe government does everything right and is responsible for everything and the decisions that you and I make, Matt, because we're just not smart enough to do it ourselves and understand it. The fact is, large retailers have basically responded by, you know, uh, basically contracting their own ships, bringing them to the East Coast now. And even the East Coast is starting to build up a little bit at few of the ports around uh, on the East Coast. So still problems there. It's not going to get better for mm, six, eight months, probably. No, it's not. What's going to make this bubble burst here? I mean, we can't just keep paying higher prices for everything. I mean, it just seems like the gas prices, for example, are going to continue to go up. I mean, it's just, when will this burst? Yeah. I, you know, I, you, you hate to talk about that, but ultimately I think that's going to happen. If you think back in the Reagan years, the end of Carter, beginning of Reagan, I mean, Paul Volcker gets on the Federal Reserve Board as chairman. And what does he do? He jacks up interest rates to what? 
15, 16, 17, 18%. That killed, you know, and if you had debt, you were in big trouble, but it basically slowed everything down enough to basically bring it back to normal. You know, I think the rubber bands stretch even farther this time when it comes to government involvement. I mean, you can't pump, what, seven, eight trillion dollars into the economy, load up that debt and think that everything is going to be fine. It's not. And the bottom line is that inflationary element's part of that. I mean, you know, I know there's arguments from a lot smarter people than me about inflation, but when you supply $7 trillion into the economy, this is, these are fiat dollars that go in there and they get spread out into the economy, more money chasing the same amount of goods, guess what, Matt, raises prices. I mean, you know, this is economics 101. I, I learned a little bit in college, not a whole lot, but that I do know that. I <laughs> mean, right. you know, it really is amazing. And, and so when does it burst? I I hate to say that it will, but I think it's going to have to. I mean, remember, we were energy independent just about a year and a half ago. We were actually yeah. exporting energy to other countries. And now we're dependent upon, once again, on OPEC and foreign countries for our energy needs. I mean, that is, it's all, you can't make this many mistakes, Matt. It doesn't seem right. It's impossible to make this many mistakes. So I don't know what's up with these people. Yeah. And we're talking about just completing year one. You talked about being <laughs> energy independent. A year ago, look at how much damage has been done in just year one. I mean, we can go on and on about this when he's they're they're talking about we've created the most jobs ever in a first year of a president. No time in our history did we completely shut down the country and then open it back up and people went back to work. They're counting that as a new job. Yeah, it, it really is amazing. What is that called uh, when they when they adjust inflation? You know, if stakes are too much, they use here. It's called hedonics. I think that's the right. I may not have pronounced that right. But when they use yeah, the term transitory. Yeah, a lot of hedonics in this. But, you know, getting back to our issue and force unions, I mean, one of the objectives of the Biden administration now is to repeal all 27 right to work laws, including Florida's. And we know this, Matt where there's new investment and there's new growth, it's the right to work states. That, that's where companies are investing. That's where people are moving because that's where the jobs are. And yet the objective of this administration is to repeal all right to work laws across the country and reimpose that federal power that forces workers to pay union dues or fees to get or keep a job in America. That type of policy, first of all, violates individual freedom, but secondly, has economic impacts that we really can't even, you know, can't even uh, guess about what they'll be when they force everyone back into unions and pay union dues. No, that's unbelievable. Because th those Supreme Court, the Supreme Court case that you're talking about that actually gave employees the right to leave their union and still keep their job. Is that the one you're talking about with Flores? Well, that's just in the public sector. That was our that case. Was Janice, right? Yeah. The foundation litigated that case at the U.S. Supreme Court back on June 27, 2018. The Supreme Court voted five to four that said no government worker anywhere in America, the lowest level of government to the highest level of government, could be forced to pay union dues or fees to keep their jobs. In the private sector, there's still compulsory forced unionism that's imposed on the nation by the federal government. So Florida has passed a right to work law. 26 other states have passed a right to work law. But in 23 states still in America, Matt, you can lose your job if you don't pay dues or fees to a private organization. And and Joe Biden wants to expand that and impose that back on even the 27 right to work states. That's not good economic policy either. Well, if they could overturn that Supreme Court case, they certainly would. They certainly would. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it, that that one was a constitutional First Amendment question, Matt. You know, we'd been litigating yeah. all the way back to 1977. Uh, a case called Abood was our case as well at the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. And we argued that this compulsory union scheme was violative of the First Amendment. And of course, the court said, well, we can't go that far. So we'll slice off a piece of it. 
And over the course of that 40-year period, we had six cases that went to the U.S. Supreme Court that dealt with the public sector forced unionism. And each time they sliced a piece off, tried to regulate it, tried to regulate it. When we finally got to the court with Janice, they looked in the deli compartment, deli fridge. There was nothing left to slice except the First Amendment. And finally, we won constitutional First Amendment protections for every government worker in America. Well, that's awesome. I really appreciate the work you guys do. Mark Mix, president of the National Right to Work Committee, also president of the National Right to Work Legal Defense Foundation. Keep up the great work and give the websites one more time. Yeah, Matt, you keep up your great work too. And and oh, people can you. find us at nrtwc.org for the committee and the legislative work and nrtw.org for the legal work. Okay, that'll do it. But we'll get those links on thebuffshow.com. Mark Mix, thank you so much for joining us on the show. My pleasure, Matt. Thank you. Okay, sounds good. That'll do it for this evening's edition of The Buff Show. You stay smart out there. We'll see you next time.